When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome to Disney Minus, the podcast where we are slowly but surely working our way through the Disney catalog. I'm Steven, and it's a nice day for a ghost wedding. I'm Kat, and you are not seriously going to tell me the butler did it. I'm Dan, and uh, the spooky door. I don't know. The scary (laughs) door. You're about to enter the scary door. Oh man, I miss drama. Alright, uh, we're talking about The Haunted Mansion 2003. Uh, Based on the ride from... Kat, you told me what year earlier and I forgot. I had it, I'm pulling it back up right now, bear with me. That... I mean, if, if you've got a bear over there, that is pretty serious. Listeners, for context... Uh, Mr. Pooh and I are exclusive, thank you very much. Okay, so for the ride itself, the original in Disneyland was opened in August of 1969. The one that most people are probably familiar with in the Magic Kingdom was opened two years later, uh, actually in October 1971. Okay, I almost said 63, but that didn't feel right. Yeah. Uh, for con- oh, Of course it was 69, because it's nice. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. But just for context, listeners... Uh, we had to uh, cancel the recording mid-recording the first time around because I got called in to work. Uh, it is a day later, and we have all found some time to discuss the episodes proper, so that's what we're doing. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I went in with pretty low expectations expectations and it came out pretty all right yeah i had seen this movie like once and for some reason only remembered it being meh but i will say of the ride adaptations i've seen definitely my favorite yeah i remember seeing it when it was relatively new not like brand spanking new but i had seen it but kind of like steven i didn't really remember much of it except that it had eddie murphy in it um but it was it was a fun rewatch yeah it was it was a nice movie. Uh, I mean, there's stuff to discuss for sure, but overall, it was just an all right. It was an all right movie. Uh, so, um, so I myself haven't been to uh, a Disney park since I was a little kid, and I and that one time was one time, and I never went on the haunted mansion ride. Uh, how, what can you tell me about how this film adapts that, uh, famous ride? It does, it does pretty good. Um, 
plot-wise, it's different, obviously, because the ride doesn't really have a plot. It's more just taking you through a night at the at the mansion. It's like a bunch country. of little vignettes, whereas this was like yeah. one specific plot thread. Yeah, like the closest thing it does have to a plot is at some point, I think it's when you're going through the attic section of the mansion. I don't quite remember. It introduces the fact that, that there's... The yeah, the bride. It introduces the fact that one of the ghosts is a black widow. And like it doesn't like it doesn't do anything else with her. It's just it shows like her different wedding dresses and then says something about like if you want to be number four, then that's okay or something like that. I forget exactly what the narrator says about her. Well, like and it it's kinda like subtle too, because like you'll see her in a picture with one guy and then she you knows she's in her bridal gown, and then the next one it's like, wait, she's with a different guy and she's wearing like extra jewels, and the next one she's wearing even more. Yeah. Well, it's like hinted that she's a black widow, but and then that's where Stephen, like he mentioned with the whole, you know, hey, maybe you'll be number four or whatever the number is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. As far as uh, I, I, I don't know what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. Um, I think that's a record for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah. So I I did want to mention, like, the one little bit of familiarity I have with this, uh, this, uh, with the original ride are two things. One was hearing about it on, uh, the, on It's a Podcast After All by, uh, Ashley and Ava. And the other is this Worth the Kids animation, uh, featuring the Hatbox Ghost, who I assume either was in at one point and isn't anymore or or was like an idea that never fully came to fruition i'm not sure which it's uh the first thing the hatbox ghost was in for a while he was actually i think in and out a couple different times as they like updated but i'm pretty sure he's gone for now and there's actually a little bit of trivia with that. Um, one of them, there was a rumor going around where if you asked a cast member or a staffer where the hat, bo- hat box ghost was all these years, they would just say, like, he's always in the attic. You just couldn't see him, but he could see you. As far as bringing him back, according to this is from one of the actual engineers. Apparently, they had been trying to bring him back since at least 1999. Uh, when they were trying to celebrate the 30th anniversary, but apparently every time they tried to pitch the idea to the actual Disneyland executives, they were shot down. Uh, the reason being the characters affected and work before. So why would it now? So basically <laughs> they were trying to bring him back and Disney execs kept saying no. Okay. That sounds about right. From what I know of Disney parks. Um, yeah. That's just exactly the, the basic involved. effect. Yeah, because the basic effect with him is that he'll be standing there holding a hat box, obviously, and then like his head will vanish and appear in the hat box. So basically, it's just a thing of lighting up one part versus another. But I guess so. I don't know if they, them saying it never it didn't work was people not reacting to it or like thinking that it literally didn't work. But I'm pretty sure I remember it actually working. Yeah, right. it could have just been the executives not wanting to show up the money to redo it. Yeah, there is that. All right. There's usually that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, is there anything else worth discussing before we get into the movie proper? 
Um, I've got one more random piece of trivia that I don't think would really fit in anywhere else. Sure. Uh, this movie was actually greenlit all the way back in the mid eighties. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was due to the, uh, it was boosted by the success of Ghostbusters, which came out in 84. Right. Um, okay. But originally Disney at first was only going to give permission for this to be made. If Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd or Rick Moranis would have played the lead role. Uh-huh. And they actually Oh my god, imagine a spinoff where it is the Ghostbusters crew hanging right. out. And they also originally uh asked uh Sir Anthony Hopkins to play Ramsley, the butler, <laughs> which I think that would have been awesome. I think Christopher Lee would have been an interesting choice, but the guy that they have is definitely good at being creepy also. Oh yeah, definitely. I just think it's funny that this movie was like, what was it, 2003 and it was greenlit all the way back in the 80s. Yeah. Because of Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. I was, like, looking at... When I was doing that research on Hocus Pocus last time, uh, that had also been kicking around for, like, a decade. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, between these two and Treasure Planet, that might just be a thing for some Disney movies. Hot damn. Right, yeah. dude. Yeah. That, that'll... I wonder how much more that'll crop up as we go through this. Uh, I mean, we'll get to them eventually. (laughs) We'll find it. (laughs) It may be years from now, but we'll find it. So we open with this uh, credit sequence where it's showing a masquerade ball and it cuts back and forth from uh, these people at the ball to uh, the... These like various, these various like objects rendered in CG, including yeah. m- masks. We, I'm pretty sure this is the only one I didn't remember a hundred percent. But we, I'm pretty sure, already have our first ride reference at the voiceover right before the credit sequence starts. Of oh, yeah, right because right before the credit sequence starts, we get this like ominous sounding voice just going, "Welcome, foolish mortals," which I'm pretty sure. One is a line from the ride, and two, I think they lifted the exact, for that, I think they used the exact recording from the ride. At least it's huh. not the same voice. Huh. I kind of forgot about that bit. Uh, wow. Oh, I didn't. I heard it, and I was just clapping like a seal. <laughs> but yeah, we see this masquerade ball. Uh, it cuts back and forth from between, like, these two these two individuals trying to meet each other at the ball and things including a music box, uh, a pair of masks, various tarot cards including I I can't remember which tarot cards it were but Stephen, I think you were you were you had some notes on this. Yeah, uh, let me see the tarot cards that we got. Um, it flashes up three, which, if I remember right, is the number you get when you're just doing a short reading, I think. Anyway, not the point. Uh, we get the lovers, we get death, and we get the three of swords, all of which show up on screen upright. So those, uh, so those are the meanings I'm going to read off. I pulled them up. And lovers in its upright position means love, harmony, relationships, values, alignment, and choices. All of these, I assume, are like the more generalized broad strokes, not if someone's doing you a reading, how they'll interpret it. But uh, let me see. Death. There it is. 
Uh, death uh, translates to endings, change, transformations, and transition. That one, I that one I actually kind of remember off the top of my head because it's always funny to me that people think it means death and it doesn't. And then the Three of Swords, there we go, represents uh, heartbreak, emotional pain, sorrow, grief, and hurt. So you can probably already guess where this is going. <laughs> yeah, so as these cards are flashing, something... I, I'm not sure I got exactly what happened, but I think I I might have to go off of what they discuss in the actual plot of the movie, but like something happens to the woman of of this uh couple and the man in distraught in distress hangs himself. For ride reference number two. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. When you're in sort of the entryway before you get to like the 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 line for the ride has two sections there's a section starting outside that kind of winds into sort of the foyer and that's the actual this line part to get on the ride then they take a group of you put you in the entryway and then that'll do a thing then take you over to where the ride vehicles are during that you get a narration from uh, from the same voice as before basically telling you there are no do- this room has no doors and windows it's stretching so your challenge is to find a way out and then all the lights will shut off and he'll go, of course, there's always my way. And then way up at the top, you see basically the, the exact same setup with a hanging body and you get, I, I think the movie actually did the same scream too. And then to clear up the plot as to what actually happens, Dan, what it was is the landowner was in love with the woman, but he gets a letter saying that she spurned him and that she's killed herself with poison rather than be with him, so he hangs himself. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, Why is it? Yeah, so... Uh, we cut to this uh, lavish manor where where this masquerade ball was once held. We cut to it in the present day, where it, where it sits in ruin. Uh, a kid bikes up to the gates, and... Then a ghost comes out at him and scares yeah. him away. Kid is, yeah, kid, is, he's got like a bag full of something. It looks like he's there to deliver mail or something. Like flyers and, or something. Yeah, that, yeah, duh, it zooms in on it in a minute. I don't know why I forgot flyers. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like looking at the house for a minute and just this spooky ghost face just hadoukens right out at him. And of course he falls down, runs off, gets, or gets scared and runs off. And that's when the camera like pans down to one of the flyers he had been carrying. And it's Eddie Murphy. And yeah, I forgot the actress's name who plays his wife. Uh, I don't know any of the actors in this movie other than Eddie Murphy and Wallace Shawn. Uh, yeah, Wallace Shawn is back. <laughs> yeah, Wallace Watch. Uh, uh, Marsha Thomason, I think, is the wife. Oh, right. I just remembered the other person. I'll get to them when they show up, but but uh, there was one person I noticed because uh, she has another, like, distinct role. Uh, uh, so, we see Eddie Murphy, and he is playing the role of Jim Evers, a real estate agent uh, of... Of the real estate power couple Evers and Evers. Uh, I don't remember the tagline. It was like something like, find you a home forever and ever. Uh, 
but he's like doing real estate deals. He he like he's like talking to this couple, showing them this this uh, unoccupied home. Uh, and then he gets a call from his wife, the other Evers, Sarah Evers. Uh, being in the middle of a call, uh, he speaks to her in basically coded language. So, like, he's basically pretending to be talking to, like, another client. And, of course, she's she's also a real estate agent. She's her... She's his partner in life and partner in love. Uh, partner in... Uh, you get the, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, their tagline is, at Evers and Evers, we want you to be happy for Evers and Evers. Which, <laughs> much I end up not liking Jim throughout the movie because I just needs... You'll see as the movie goes on. I do like this tagline. Movie. It's a really good tagline. Yeah. Of course you would. Yeah. Uh, so, by doing this whole coded language bit, he's able to, uh, he's able to, like, get the people to think, oh, someone else is going to buy this house before us. We better fit, sign on this deal. And he makes a sale. Uh, we cut ahead to a tiki bar where I, th I, I think he's meeting more clients. I think these are different clients than before. No, these were, I think, the people selling the house <clears throat> that oh. he just uh, got those that couple to sign off on. Huh, okay. I couldn't quite make the connection. I I misinterpreted it. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, okay. you're good. Yeah. Uh, and while at the Tiki Bar, we find out it's uh, Jim's anniversary, and... He needs to, he needs to uh, get this deal finished so they, so he can go meet his wife on his anniversary. Uh, Whoops. Uh, uh, he, he really tries to get it, get them to sign as soon as possible. Yeah. He, they are, they are not, uh. They're kind of oblivious to how he needs to be somewhere. Yeah, and, like, it's not specifically that they're jerks, as it is just they're, I guess, not really thinking because they're excited or whatever, but it's like... They might have had a few drinks. Uh, if you're in of gym, you super hate them. Right? He he yells, he accidentally, like, has a little, yells out at them, but he's able to calm himself down. Uh, he finally gets them to sign off on the deal. And he's about to go home to meet with his lovely wife uh, when more people show up asking to buy a house from him. And <sighs> he's, he decides to focus on his career instead of his uh, family life. Uh, so he's like, oh, Sarah, forgive me. And just goes off to meet some more potential clients. Uh, we cut ahead to... Uh, to a much later that night. Jim finally gets home. He's got a bear. He's got a watch. He's excessively late. I, I'm... No, never mind. 
I don't know how late at night. I was about to say maybe it's it maybe he missed the anniversary and it's like one a.m. But no, his kids are in the next scene, so I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's it's not that late, but I'm assuming probably at least late enough that they missed their reservation. Late enough that he's in the doghouse. Yeah. And clearly you get the vibe that this is happen uh, that this happens a lot because well just one just the way that the argument is is like phrased and stuff makes it makes it clear that this is the thing he does and not just a one time occurrence. Right. This isn't something new. Or recent, that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. After like they have a bit of an argument about like about like being able to make enough money versus uh they have a bit of an argument about their work life balance and uh then he like goes up the stairs to see his kids uh Michael and Megan Evers yeah uh, <laughs> notably his his son's full name is Michael Jordan Evers of course it is <laughs> oh my god that whenever yeah that just it does remind me of something. So, I I doubt Kat's heard of it, but Stephen, are you familiar with uh, "Jerking It" by Sam and Jordan Canning? I I know of it, have not listened because I think the I think I went to subscribe and it had already dropped off like the first handful of episodes. So I was like, oh crap, never mind. Oh, I think they've taken care of that issue, but it's on Noise Space. Uh, oh, okay. But anyways, uh, so. Uh, uh, we've, they've, I'm in the server for it, and they, this, this is, like, strictly off recording, not being recorded, well, not what we're saying, but what they're saying, is, they've been, like, reading this, like, Secret Life of the American Teenager fanfic, and, uh, multiple characters get, like, middle names like that, like, Ben Boykovich is now uh, Ben Franklin Boykovich. Oh my god! And, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio, Da Vinci. Yeah. Leonardo, uh, I can't remember if he's a Jurgens or a, or if he's also no Le- Leo uh, Boykovich is Leo Leonardo Da Vinci Boykovich. Hold it's, it! Bring it! It's and... fine. Uh, I personally would have gone the other way, but fine. Leonardo I mean, da Vinci. Against DiCaprio, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just knowing that now, I I think I misheard what he was saying, so I didn't realize that. That's his. That's what he named his kid. Uh, so. Michael comes running to him. There's a spider in his room. A spoder. Yeah. A spoder on the window. Why am I like this? Uh, yeah, he... So, Jim has to, like, go over and, like, he, like, has to whack the spider with... He's, like, talking about... He tries to give him this whole speech about you're ten now, you're growing up, you've got to... Learn how to whack spiders. Uh, and I think tying in into a metaphor about like growing up. Uh, 
Something like that. Yeah. Like 43 years old and I will still lose my shit if I see a spider anywhere near me. Yeah. I'm just sitting here this whole time. Like, man, let him be scared of spiders. There are adults that are scared of spiders. Like as long as they're outside, they're fine. They come into my house. We've got a problem. Hmm. Uh, cannot relate. Spiders are my friends. Uh, I like golden orb weavers. Anything else I will squish. I'm not huge on them, but like, I don't hate them, I guess. If they stay away from me, we're fine. If they come into the house, they are bugs, and they're going to get stomped and flushed. Yeah, so... Anyway, just saying, I feel Michael. (laughs) All right. Uh, But yeah, Eddie Murphy walks the spider. He finds out... He finds out that this is his copy of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue. Uh, That's a weird joke. Um, Yeah. And he's, like, talking about how he's not scared of anything, but, like, I don't remember what happens. Just the outcome. Uh, Does he get scared of the spider, too, or something? I can't remember. No, he's sitting there trying to, like, I think he's sitting there, like, showing Michael how to come at it or something like that. And I think, like, trying to talk him into it and being like, here... Take the take the magazine. I don't want to take the magazine. No, you take the magazine. You got to be the one that hits it. And like it, it goes on like this for like a minute until finally Megan, from from out of nowhere, honestly, like you don't see her walk into like it's focused so tightly on Jim and Michael that you don't even see her walk up. But she just grabs the magazine and smacks the spider and goes, "There, it's dead now." That's my little sister. <laughs> While they were having this whole conversation, we find out that Sarah is being called by a man with a very spooky voice to come by a haunted mansion. Yeah, like, the guy keeps using phrasing like, it's time for the master to move on and stuff like that. And, like, sir, people don't talk like that unless there's a reason. Not foreshadowing Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) Yeah. Sarah's... Sarah is naturally hesitant about buying what is obviously a ghost house. Uh, but but uh, Jim sees this as an opportunity to uh, sell a marvelous home uh, that will that could just set them for quite a while. Uh, yeah, because I guess because she mentions the property and says she doesn't know, but I guess he knows of it enough to be like, oh man, if we can sell that, it'll be worth a lot for us. Yeah, or he, yeah, he's like, oh, that's in the rich people's neighborhood. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Jim agrees for her, and... Yeah, knowing they just had an argument about how he puts business ahead of his family, and how he just agreed they were going to go on a lake vacation for the weekend. And... Then we cut to the next day where they are setting off on this uh, lake vacation, but they're just going to take a little 20-minute detour to the Haunted Mansion to just work things out so they can sell it. Uh, It's fine. No one's going to get their flesh eaten by a ghost. Everything's okay. Uh, So... The car, they they get to the mansion, but nobody's there. Uh, they like 
go out, they try to call for it, look for any way to just let them know. And just as they're about to leave, the gates open up. So they go in. And they they do see that this mansion has a massive private graveyard. Uh, On the property! Yeah. No, thank you! Yeah. Jim being ever the ever the fucking real estate agent he is just sees an opportunity to uh, spin it into something that sounds nice. Uh, yeah, he mentions they're not. It's not like they'll put it on the listing, but I'm like anyone who comes to look at this house is gonna see that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that Nathan for you. Uh, bit with uh, the ghost realtor. Oh, gonna have to look that up later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just... They're going to have to prove it's not haunted in order to sell it. Uh, but that being said... Uh, oh, one other thing I noticed, like... As they're, like, getting out in this next bit, uh, you see their, uh, license plate, which is Eversell, and, uh, apparently this, apparently this, uh, movie takes place in Louisiana. Uh. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, because the, the ride is in <coughs> New Orleans Square. So, okay, I didn't even think about it, but that makes sense, okay. But they're setting out. Eddie Murphy talks about how this car is a delicate piece of machinery and must be kept well-maintained. And uh, they they try to go in. There is still nobody present. But the doors open up mysteriously. No one actually opens them. They just open on their own. And they go inside. It's a spooky, dirty, haunted mansion. Uh, and this spooky butler approaches. The literal creepiest man to ever exist. Uh, to ever have once existed. This that is Ramsley, is. Uh, the butler. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> huh. Uh... They, he gets them to, he convinces the Evers that they can talk the deal over, over dinner. Uh, Jim, of course, agrees. Yeah. And they head in further and meet Edward Gracie, a, a fabulously wealthy man who looks out of time. Uh, uh. An old uh, soul, you might say. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Also, uh, Jim repeatedly tries to, like, get Ramsley, Ramsley and uh, uh, Gracie to, like, shake his hand, uh, which they are completely unreceptive to. Uh, come to yeah, think of it... Yeah, they do not care that Jim is here. Come to think of it, I can't think of any point in the movie where they make, like, hand-to-hand -hand contact. Like, 
the closest we ever get in this entire movie is like is like I think I'll get to it later but but it's just no no physical contact unless absolutely necessary um, yeah they have their dinner uh presumably I guess they discuss things off screen I'm wondering how that went but we it's best we don't see it yeah fair uh, but yeah over dinner there it's kind of basically just chit chat about you know what's your history with the house all of that uh gracie at one point asks if they believe in ghosts to which jim says i forget i forget how he answers here he says it's like it's He's like, we only go around the track one time. So I guess it's something like, if that, you're dead, you're dead. Um, yeah, that's right. He also says something about, like, I would leave ghosts off the listing, focused on how many bathrooms there are. People love bathrooms. <laughs> and my my brain just replaced this whole scene with a parody of Pirates of the Caribbean going, you best start believing in ghost stories, Mr. Evers. You're in one. <laughs> Edward Gracie... Is uh, making eyes at uh, Sarah, I think, and and uh, before before they can leave, it apparently appears to be a dark and stormy night already. So there's no leaving this mansion. They must yeah. stay the night. Ramsley comes in and Ramsley comes in to say that the the rain has swelled the river, which has flooded the road, and my ass would be walking slash swimming. No, thank you. No, I'm done. You wouldn't be walking. You'd be running. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'd consider it. I'd open the door like, nope, I'm gone. See how heavy it's raining and go. All right, fine. <laughs> Realistically, that is what I would probably do. Yeah. <laughs> they get sent to some rooms. The kids in one room, the adults in another. Uh, Jim and Sarah argue argue for a bit, and I lose track of what happens here. So, uh, Stephen, can you fill in the blanks for me? Yeah, um, the kid the kids are basically just looking at their room. So it cuts over to Jim and Sarah. Sarah basically saying we shouldn't have even been here. We should just be on vacation. All of that jazz. Mom, and mommy. basically, this is. <laughs> basically this is where it's uh, stated explicitly that jim puts work above family and works way too much even though they've already sold a pretty comfortable number of homes for the year and jim snaps back at, with a line that i was just like dude stop talking just stop talking he snaps back saying when i'm working hard like this it doesn't matter as long as i'm bringing home expensive gifts right in reference to him giving her a watch the night before and it's like she didn't even want the watch. Yeah, she didn't. She, she like did looks not at her about and like what gift. Yeah, I was kind of like cringing at that scene. Like, just shut up, shut up, shut up, dude, shut up. Sarah is the nicest person in the world, and Jim just Isn't will it? not stop. But eventually, Ramsley materializes and says that he that Gracie wants to see Jim in the library. And thankfully the scene is over. 
meanwhile, the kids are 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 just trying to find ways to occupy time. They can't get any cell phone service in this uh, spooky haunted mansion. But they do find something else to occupy their time, which is... An orb. Spook- yeah, it's a spooky will-o'-the-wisp ghost. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's what those are called. I just kept calling an orb in my notes. Mm-hmm. Well, orb, will-o'-the-wisp, <laughs> potato, potato. It is an orb. Uh, oh, shit, I did miss one thing. Uh, oh, shit, what? Uh, at some point, like, after the first time, when Jim is, like, waiting in the library, he, I think he, he grabs, he does, he pockets some fancy cigars as well, and finds a secret passage. Yeah, oh, at, yeah, that's right, I had my order of, inv- of events mixed up. Jeez, Steven. Yeah. My bad. Jeez. Yeah. One job, man. <laughs> yeah. He's looking back and forth, trying to think of what to do, and then he steps in just for a second, and it closes behind him. Uh so he's trapped in there. Uh but but yeah, back to the ghost. Uh it's just sort of floating around and and it's it like goes it starts to go a certain way and the kids follow after it. Uh, uh, Sarah tries to talk to one of the servants. There's two servants in this building. They served dinner earlier. Uh, uh, but like as she's like trying to talk to her, the servant just uh, the maid just flees. Uh, and along the way, Sarah, like, tries to go to the library. Sarah, like, goes to the library and runs into Edward Gracie. And uh, they they have a conversation. I don't remember what they said, though. Uh, I th- oh, man, I don't either. I think... I think, like, Gracie is talking about his grandfather, a.k.a. himself, and <laughs> and about uh, this uh, woman named Elizabeth, who his grandfather himself had loved. That's right, yeah. He tells her the story of Elizabeth. Yeah. And I, I, forget, if the, I forget if Elizabeth, if Sarah has ever actually told about there being a curse on the house. No, uh, think of it. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but... But, uh, he talks about how Elizabeth had, like, taken her life, taken her own life with, uh, poison. Uh, leaving them just unable to, uh... His grandfather was unable to live with himself, took his own life in, as well. Yeah. Uh, and right about the same time as the kids are exploring, um, they find a picture, a painting in, I guess they worked their way up to the attic. Yeah. They yeah, find a painting uh, in the attic of a woman who looks suspiciously like their mom. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, while this is happening, uh, 
at the same time as this is happening, like, Jim gets to the end of the secret passage and goes around, like, this, like, creepy hallway where, like, paintings yes. and statue heads are staring at him yes. as he this goes by. Directly out of the ride again. This is um, the hallway that you pass through as you're walking to your the ride vehicle. Um, it take, it, it's, the, it's the same thing. They simulate, like, a thunderstorm outside going on for the whole time because, like, that's the excuse for, like, why the ghosts are active. That part's not important. But you pass by literally these exact same paintings that will change every time the lightning flashes and uh, statues that are it's a it's a really cool optical illusion how they do them in the right and the on the ride because like they're set into the wall so that as you walk by it looks like they're popped out and like staring at you and rotating to follow you which is cool yeah and uh, the breathing doorway at the end of the hallway. Uh, there are actually a few different ones on the ride. Like there's one to the side that's rattling and you can hear someone saying, let me out or like a few different things. But then one of them is like puffing in and out as if it's breathing, like the one that Jim finds. Yeah. This whole, this whole movie got me nostalgic for the ride, man. I know <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy enters the breathing door and he finds a dark room with a phone and a mirror. The ah. phone is ringing. He answers the phone. Whoever was on hangs up. It was Ramsley. <laughs> yeah, we immediately um, cut to Ramsley in another room hanging up and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this like bird appears and like caws at him ah. and and then he looks into the mirror and he sees this horrifying zombified version of his body causing that him to freak movie. out yeah uh that's not something you expect to see in an eddie murphy movie yeah it was <laughs> it it definitely got me that was uh that was yeah a, like we're talking straight up just resident evil one style zombie just Staring back at him. Well, like they did it like, too, like they didn't linger on it, so it kind of made you at first doubt that you actually saw it. Then you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. It's like desiccated flesh or something. I don't Dude. know how to describe it right. Dude it's was decaying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. So back to the kids. They they found this portrait of their mom. And the servants show up. Uh, one of them is Wallace Shawn. Wallace yeah. Watch. Yeah, Wallace Shawn as a butler. And I forgot the actress who played the maid. I've probably seen her in other stuff, but I don't know. One sec. While y'all do that, I'm looking it up. Oh, okay. yeah. I I think I have the IMDB open, too. Because I oh, wanted to like okay, look up so the... Okay, so the maid, the female maid, Emma, is... Is uh, Dinah Spivey, Spivey, and Wallace Dawn is the footman Ezra. Mm -hmm. What's up? Oh, foot? huh. Uh, I think it's just a dude who works for you. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know. Uh, basically, uh, basically a male domestic worker, so like a male maid. Oh, okay. I I thought that was just Butler. 
Like it start, they started off as the people who would literally run behind the carriages with like their little stools and stuff. And also to make sure that the coach didn't get overturned. And then it was eventually extended to apply to just a male household servant. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at uh, some of these uh, roles. Dinah uh, Spivey, who also for a while, I think also goes by the stage name of Dinah Waters. Oh, Dinah Spivey Waters. That's her full name. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, some of her, uh, she's got some roles here. Uh, she was in Six Feet Under as a, uh, uh, as a Tracy Montrose Blair. Uh, she was in Freaky Friday. There, that's a Disney connection. Oh. As Dottie Robertson. Uh, which we have like three of on our list, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looks like she was in a bunch of TV too. Yeah, Neighbors from Hell as uh, Marjo Saint Sparks. She was an art teacher in Modern Family. She was in Frasier. Yeah, there's a bunch of like notable shows where she like what played a guest role. Uh, okay. Like, let's see. I'm seeing yeah, like Frasier, Modern Family. That's uh, where I know Wallace Shawn from. Oh, huh. Ezra, he was he's Fazzini from The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was him? That's where I've seen him before. That was driving me nuts, and I didn't look it up at the time. Uh, I've only known him as, like, Rex. I can't, I've seen The Princess Bride multiple times, and I've never made that connection. I've seen wow. The Princess Bride zero times, and I knew it. Oh! <gasps> He's the, um, what is it? You what? fell for one of the classic blunders guy? Yeah. Yes! Yes! I've seen that clip a bunch of times. And yeah. the memes. Steven, I don't know if I can associate with you anymore until you watch The Princess Bride. I mean, it is on the list. It is on, yeah. yeah. It is? Uh, let me just, like, cross-reference the list that we're using but like I, I remember looking through like a list of all the movies on Disney Plus, and that's on Disney Plus. Uh, let me just real quick check the the list. It might not be on there because I believe it would have been an acquisition. <sighs> Having trouble pulling it up. Uh, While Dan's looking for that, um, I did do a little more digging because you know how at the beginning of this we were talking about, you know, the movie having more of a plot line than the actual ride. Yeah. Turns out that this is, actually, this is actually inspired by the Disneyland Resort Paris version of the Haunted Mansion, the, the Phantom oh. Raider. That one actually does have a more clear storyline of a bride, her lost lover, and the bride haunting the mansion. So this is based more on another version of the ride. Oh, okay. So there, it is based on the ride, just not the the version of the ride that most people are probably familiar with. Yeah. Okay, this it's not on the list we're using, but I know it's on Disney Plus. Uh, well, if we want to call an audible and institute a rule, and then say that if it's on Disney Plus, we can put it on the list anyway. That's true. And it's up to y'all, but I'm okay with it. But yeah, it would have been a 20th Century Fox acquisition, which might be might be why it's not on the list. Like on the We're official using. list. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe we can put that like on one of the random weeks or something. Uh, hmm, I'll think about it. Yeah. We'll ponder. Uh, it's not like we have slim pickings to choose from. I know. <laughs> no, not at all. That is definitely uh, not a problem we have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, so, where was I? Oh, fuck. I lost my. Tr I lost track of my notes. Uh, uh, we were at the help telling the kids about Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. Then Eddie Murphy meets Madame Leota. Yeah. Uh, I love Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, she's played by Jennifer Tilly, who's, who uh, also uh, played. Uh, the Bride of Chucky. Uh, uh, okay. She's also oh, the voice nice. of Bonnie Swanson on Family Guy. Huh. Okay. Sure. I cannot believe she's like in her 60s now. Hot diggity daffodil. That. Right. I mean, I've never watched this, watched her in anything, but I gotta say that is a surprise. Uh, where was I? But, um,. But yeah, Jim is working his way down the corridor passage, a hallway within the walls, in, uh, where he got locked in at, and finds <laughs> finds a room with a head and a ball. And um, I don't remember the exact wording, but she is reciting the Madame Leota monologue from the ride when he walks up. And also, let's just say props again to Jennifer Tilly, because for her to do her role as Madame Leota and hold still, she was basically bolted into what was essentially like a surgical halo. To oh, keep her. shit. That's how they kept her still. She was literally like bolted into place. I assumed it was just editing and like they green screened her in. Okay. No, she was literally like strapped into place with basically a surgical halo to hold her still. Dang. Uh, uh, props to her then. Yeah. Right? Also, literal props to her. Nice. <laughs> <sighs> but, um, but yeah, so he, he meets Madame Leota. Um, she, I think, tries to tell him what's going on and how to break the curse, but he gets scared because, oh, head in a ball. I guess that's just so freaky and runs off. So she sends semi-sentient instruments flying after him. Yeah. For this section of the movie, I have written down, Eddie Murphy has gone full Luigi. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. You, you press A and he shouts wow. out for six. <laughs> you press the A button on your GameCube controller and he shouts oh out for Elizabeth. And depending on the circumstances and how much health he has, it can be anywhere from a friendly Sarah to a full screen. <laughs> so yeah as he's doing that uh, he runs into his children and they put it together they have to break this curse uh, and then they say the, the G slurs three times in succession they say the oh yeah, the anti-Romani slur. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, I had a brain fart for a second there. Yeah, they use that for Leota every time, which sure is a choice. This sure was made in 2003. <laughs> I mean, it sure is Disney. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure is Disney as well. It's just... Mm, 
like, not that it would have been much better, but Fortune Teller was there. You could have said witch. I don't, you could have even just called her the head. <laughs> which, to be fair, I probably would have done if this were real. Uh, then the kids show him the painting, and, and we learn from, I think, the servants that, uh, uh, Edward Gracie loved Elizabeth, but they were from different worlds and were never to be together. I assume this is just me connecting the dots in my head. She was a black woman in old-timey Louisiana. Right. Yeah. It wasn't so much the social class, it was the the racism. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, considering the time setting and where it was in the American South. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember now. Uh, no, I mean, obviously. What I meant to say is, this is actually where uh, we see Gracie, like, telling, uh, telling uh, Sarah about... Uh, Elizabeth and you oh, know, right, what yeah. I said earlier. Right. Uh, I didn't realize it was at this point. No, yeah, it's fine. It's that's right. Yeah, it does that thing where uh, either Jim, Michael, or Megan asks, "Well, who is she?" Looking at the painting, and then it cuts to Gracie saying, "Her name was Elizabeth." Hmm. And uh, talking to Sarah. Is... Which... Yeah. I think it's at this point that I realize this is a movie about Eddie Murphy getting cucked by a ghost. (laughs) God. I mean, it is. It is. That's literally what it is. Because, um, yeah, by this point, I don't remember. We're just going to go ahead and say it because I don't remember if they've specifically revealed... Yeah, I think they have that Gracie is the guy he's been calling his grandfather. But yeah, the plan is basically he's going to marry Sarah thinking that she's Elizabeth and that will break the curse mm-hmm. somehow. I don't really know. Yeah. But, but yeah, so the literal actual, now that we have gotten to the point that we know what's going on, the literal actual plot to this movie is Eddie Murphy gets cucked by a ghost. Oh brought God. to you by Disney. Ride the ride at your local park. You too. <laughs> it's funny. You can't see it's me, incredible. but I'm shaking my head at both of you. You're fu- That's valid. I, I hope one day in a post-COVID world, I can, I can go to, I can take a trip to Florida and <laughs> watch. A, Attend this amazing ride, knowing full well that there must be a cuckoldry plot somewhere in here. I don't know. Okay, if the three of us ever take, or the two of us ever take Dan to Disney World so that he can ride on the ride, we are duct taping his mouth shut before we take him on the ride. Nope. I'm ripping that tape off, and we're both just going to say it. I'm duct taping you both into the seat. You're the one who MST3K'd your way through the ride. Yeah, I did yeah. It at the end, okay? <laughs> well, well right. MST3C it, with the C being for cuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm going to duct tape you both into wheelchairs and just push you past onto the ride and tell the ride attendant, don't mind these two. 
All right. Uh, oh, God. Okay. okay. I'm good. For some reason, I have flashes from that movie, uh, that documentary, Escape from Tomorrow, in my head now. That's how Oh, hard. we're, we're going to get cat flu. <sighs> I haven't okay. seen it. I've seen reviews on YouTube, and it looks bad. I, anyway, not the point. I've never seen it either, and I never want to. I yeah, just know same. about Jenny Nicholson's review of it. Uh, let's see. So where were we? Uh, <sighs> they got to get to the cemetery so they can find the key. Leota is speaking in riddles, so they don't actually they don't really know what they're looking for. Just that they got to go find a thing in the cemetery, and they're like, "Well, how do we get to the cemetery?" And Wallace Shawn uses, "There's always my way." Lock from the ride, but instead of revealing a hanging dead body <laughs> He says, you can always go out my way, and takes out uh, three nooses uh. <laughs> but, So it's, instead of doing that with the context from the ride, he calls a ghostly carriage and they burst through one of the walls into the cemetery outside, which to be wow. fair, is, is cool as hell but I'm yeah. like, y'all, this blind meant something so different in the ride yeah, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. This is where the, I, the, we're at the point where I start taking notes less often, but they're like full paragraphs every time I do. Yeah. We're in the part like, where they go from notes to like little mini dissertations. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. The ghosts here just like... You're more talk. Have, nah. The graveyard is just home to an entire ghost community. It is. Uh, it is. <laughs> they're all just uh, doing the best they can with the eternity they have left on this earth. Uh, it is basically just because the ride, um, for one section of it, goes outside, quote unquote, quote unquote, into the cemetery. So it is. Like, I can't really remember any specific references because there's a lot going on in that scene in the movie and in the ride. So, but I'm sure there probably are some extra call-outs that I'm just not thinking of. But the important part is that we get the three hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> they show up in, they, they show up in a different context in the ride. I don't forget, I don't remember if they show up during the cemetery scene, but the ride ends with you being, like, swiveled toward these mirrors as the narrator tells you that one of the uh, one of the the house's happy haunts has decided to follow you home. So it's just these three hitchhiking ghosts that are dispositioned so that one ride vehicle always gets one of them. That was the point where little me, when we were riding the ride with my parents, they were like, they were going, "Oh look, Katie, there's a ghost with us." And I apparently <laughs> looked at my mother and went, "Mom, it's a hologram." I was the other way around. I was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> <laughs> There are two different types of children. <laughs> there are two types of children. Those who have the magic in them and those who do not. Those who have read way too much behind the scenes stuff beforehand. Also that. Yeah. But, oh my god, I did genuinely love this scene. Um, they ignore the hitchhikers as they roll by, and somehow the three of them manifest inside the carriage with Eddie Murphy and the kids, and Eddie Murphy is just doing this whole like, I mean, obviously freaking out because like, hey, who are you? Why are you? Why are you guys in here? Get out! <laughs> and in the meantime, one of the hitchhikers is like, oh my god, I think this guy sees us. But the other one is like, no, there's no way he sees us. We're ghosts. 
And it it's just a solid minute of that, just all of them kind of like improving and playing off of each other. It was It's like a little snap of the whole who's on first thing. It's oh such a fun scene. And when it finally ends and the uh the the Everses Everses, whatever, get out of the when they finally get out of the carriage, um the one goes to still like, I swear, it's almost like he actually saw us. And the little dude is just like, he's psychic. Like he has ESPN or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, but we're throwing. So yeah. uh, oh. I got to catch my breath. Yeah, we're thrown from there into another awesome reference, which I don't remember if these guys show up as part of the the queue. I'm pretty sure they're in the ride because they're singing in the ride too. Yeah, yeah, the singing bus. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I saw this, and it's like, oh, this is obviously something from the ride. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, it's really good, and it's again another like it's a singing version of basically a who's on first type of scene where Eddie Murphy will get like two words out and it'll prompt them to, instead of answering him, jump into some new song using those words. But I will say the song they're singing when they first show up is their actual song from the ride, Grim Grinning Ghosts. All right. Uh, they, uh, they, they reach, they reach the crypt there where the key is located and uh meg megan is able to translate it because she knows latin uh and uh uh jim like initially has leaves the kids behind has megan watch out for michael but that's there shortly after he heads down uh megan follows after you know why the inscription on the front of it was Latin, though? <laughs> because it's a dead language. Steven. <laughs> That's That's a joke. the joke I had to. <laughs> oh, one thing, um, I meant to stick this in just a second ago, but just something <laughs> kind of funny for our group. Moving on from Steven while he collects himself. <laughs> uh, the uh, the the singing bus though. Do you know the name of the group that voices them? No, no. They I are a barbershop quartet. They yes, and they they are a barbershop quartet that performs at Disneyland in California, at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World Resort, and at Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, oh. But oh, in a little yeah. fun thing for our group, uh, they are actually called the Dapper Dans. <gasps> oh, I love them. it. Uh, <sighs> Yep, they are. Vo- yeah, they voice the actual singing bus in the movie. Now they don't do it in the ride, but in the movie, that is the Dapper Dan's doing the singing bus. I just thought that was kind of fun. That's awesome. All right. So in a way, uh, Dan is in the movie. <laughs> nah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Own it, Dan. Sure. Uh, okay. Um. This movie is so weird with, like, some of the characters are written really well. Some of them have got one trait. Like, Megan's one trait is that she's sassy and smart. Which, to be fair, 
she does a good job with. And we get one of my favorite lines here in the where um, she's getting onto Jim for like bringing them into this creepy place. And, you know, why is he always working so much and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I just want you guys to have all the stuff I never had. She's like, oh, I never knew you had a terrible childhood. And he's like, no, I had a great childhood. And she, and she immediately fires back with, so why do we have to have all the stuff you never had? I mean, she is a teenager, so. Oh, I love it. She's good. The snark kind of comes with the territory. Traits, but she's very good with it. She is. She is. <sighs> Anyway, there are zombies. Yeah, zombies show up. Uh, first, one tr- uh, Eddie Murphy has to pull a key out of a dead out of a dead person, and it's really gross and wet. Uh, yeah. Uh, that one gets up after them as they're leaving. Uh, they freak out. Uh, they drop the key. Uh, well. Jim drops the key. And, of course he does. And Megan goes down to grab it. Uh, Jim tries to deal with the zombies. Not very well. Uh, he tries. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, as they, like, leave, uh, basically, like, where where was I? Uh, so like they're getting chased by zombies. They get the key, uh, and they're they're at they reach the door, and uh, Michael won't open the door because it's covered in spiders, and it's pretty. It's a tense scene. Yeah, and uh, actually, of the not that I've seen a ton of these, but I mean, it is enough to know that it's a trope, you know, character is afraid of something at the beginning of the movie and then has a big scene where they have to overcome it. This one, I feel like, is actually done fairly well because we finally get Jim in a moment of being a good parent telling him it's okay to be scared. Being brave just means not letting that stop you or something like right. that. I forget his yeah. next... Like that Stark. Uh, Do what? Like that Stark from Game of Thrones. Oh, oh, oh. I heard Stark. Game and I'm like, wait, Tony Stark? What? Right. <laughs> Alright, uh... <sighs> okay, uh... Where was I? Uh... Oh. Um, let me try to find my place. I, I oh, got... no, yeah, you're good. Um, They managed to escape with the... And Megan reveals that she did find the key. Uh, so they get back... They get back to the house. Leota tells them it, again in another riddle what it is they're looking for. <laughs> they eventually just get... Uh, frustrated and pick her up to help them find it. I love this. I love when a character is just something handheld and they they just end up having to like carry that person around. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Madame Leota says they have to find a, the trunk that the key is supposed to open. Uh, after they deal with this this whole bit of crypticness and just have her just take her with them. Uh, they, they uh, open the trunk and after looking through it a bit, they find a letter, a letter that revealed that Elizabeth didn't kill herself. 
In fact, someone killed Elizabeth. It was Ramsley. Okay, yeah. good. I had that it was in, it was Ramsley in my notes, but I didn't remember if they actually said or if it's just that you can tell. Like I said, you're not telling me seriously that the butler did it. That's okay. That's right. Yeah, because Wallace Shawn actually, I think, does just go what the. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Was it him or was it Megan that actually said there? Are you telling me the butler did it? Oh, dang it. It's one of the two. I forget which. <laughs> I, for some reason, I have it in my head as Jim. I can't remember. Uh... <laughs> I'm GTSing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we learn that Ramsley poisoned Elizabeth so Gracie wouldn't wouldn't like abandon the house and and the estate and all that. Yeah. Just like, to be with the woman he loved. It's Disney, so they never come out and say racism, but it's all stuff like he I couldn't let him make that mistake. She wasn't right for him, that kind of thing, and it's like mm-hmm. Yeah. It's racism. And yeah. Jim is the one that said it, by the way. Okay. Okay, uh It's at, okay, so, actually, does Ramsley show up at this point? I, I'm not sure what happens. Uh, exactly. it's, it's, it's right about here, yeah. He yeah. shows up, force pushes the kid into a, uh, the kids into a trunk. I think he, like, literally just throws Jim outside. Yeah, yeah he, he tells him for the last time, good night, Mr. Evers, and then literally throws him outside. Yeah. Yeah. Through a window. <laughs> and I guess he must have thrown Leota too because she shows up outside with Jim in a few minutes. So I mean yeah. why not I mean why not eat the crystal ball while you're at it? <laughs> I'm just picturing this like stiff ass Ramsley just like drop kicking her through the window. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ugh. Yeah. The uh so yeah, he uh, uh, Eddie Murphy gets thrown out a window. Uh, he f- he lands on like an angle, slides down, lands on his car. Uh, the car goes into alarm mode, and uh, Sarah. We cut uh, over to like Sarah and Gracie, and like there's, I know there's like a chase scene. Sarah's like. Desperately try. Des- Sarah refuses to accept this. She hates it. Like she keeps trying to tell him she's not Elizabeth and she can never be Elizabeth. But neither Gracie nor Ramsey will have it. Yeah. Uh, like notably, Ramsley. It's more that he doesn't care you're doing this. Gracie seems like he actually just straight up believes that she is and is like, no, honey, you'll remember here in a minute and. I mean, to be fair, though, he was madly in love with Elizabeth. He spent all these years missing her. I mean, if somebody suddenly who you trusted came along and said, hey, this is them reincarnated, I mean, you would kind of want to believe them, too. That's true. It's it's more, I think, yeah, that's true. It's more, I think, that he wants to believe and isn't even taking the time to process it. Plus, I mean, that's like Ramsley, his most, tr- you know, his trusted servant, butler, confidant. I mean, in his mind, you know, why on earth would the butler yeah. Uh, Even yeah, though he's so, I believe Ramsley shows 
shows Sarah like her kids locked up in the trunk, and something like that. And she will have to get married to Gracie if if she wants her kids to be alive. Yeah, it basically tells her it would be a shame if something happened to him. <laughs> nice kids you have there. Right. <laughs> Are you snickering at the children, Stephen? <laughs> I'm just. I, it's. I just. I got the meme in my head now. Nice kids you have there. Be a shame if something happened to them. And that's more or less what he says. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah is forced to uh, forced to uh, change into a wedding gown to get married to Gracie. Uh, we see Sarah like. Oh, also like Jim is like trying to break in, but he eventually gives up because yeah, it's like it's doing the thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You go ahead. Okay. No, yeah, it's doing that thing where, like, that you see... Some, um, it, anyway, it's doing that thing where, like, you punch the... Or you hit the building, the window of a haunted building. It fixes itself because, like, it's a ghost building or whatever. I don't care about the... I don't care about thinking about the why. I just really like when they do this. It's neat. But he starts to give, give up and gets a pep talk from a ball. Yeah, uh... Eddie Murphy's being a sad little cuck boy when, uh, oh my God. when uh, Madame Leota like tells him, "You might, you might have tried and failed, but this time try and succeed," and and uh, Eddie Murphy is moved. He gets into his car. He drives it through a wall into the mansion. Carfu. I love it because he buckles her in and is like, all right, now hold on. And she just looks at him and just deadpan with what? Uh, we see uh, Sarah and Gracie getting married. Uh, Ramsley is officiating the wedding. Uh, Sarah is crying and like Ramsley whispers to Gracie that they're tears of joy. It's really <laughs> fucked up. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, how did he think this was ever going to end well? Like, eventually, Gracie was gonna find out. Uh, he doesn't care. Uh, no, because I guess he must have like told Gracie that she remembers being Elizabeth or something, and then of course, Gra uh, Gracie, being overcome with love and grief and all that, didn't think it through enough to be like, wait, that doesn't make sense because he wants it to be true. So like. like it's I forget they're actually at the point where it's if anyone has any objection to speak now or if Jim just yeah because that's when Jim is like actually I do <laughs> yeah uh, before he can do that he has to fight a bunch of suits of armor he manages uh, and but uh but yeah, he shows up. He he shows Gracie the letter proving proving what happened. Uh and then we get spooky ghost time as oh I I don't have it exactly here, but he as I understand it, like this revelation 
Gracie confronting Ramsley about it leads to uh it leads to a demon coming out of the uh was it the fireplace I assume yeah it's yeah, it's not um, the fireplace yeah, yeah like Ramsley I guess has finally had enough and goes off basically just telling he goes Gracie what it. happened and like this is where he does the whole I wasn't gonna let you make that mistake blah 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 um. And then, like, is so mad. I, he basically has a Maleficent moment and, like, calling forth all the powers of hell or something like that. I forget exactly how he worded it, but Except a giant he fire snake. He's badass as Maleficent. Well, he could never. Uh, uh, but Ramsley, Ramsley, like, gets this demon comes out of the fireplace and drags Ramsley to hell. And he, and he tight he tries to take Jim with him, but uh, Gracie is able to save D Jim before he falls down a pit into hell. Uh, it's a uh, it's something visually. It's it's wild. <laughs> uh, it's, there's a moment where like it's just Ramsley ragdolling around, and it does that thing where it like. It doesn't show him actually grab Jim because with the way stuff is being positioned, there's no way that would have ever lined up right. So it just cuts to a pair of hands grabbing a pair of ankles and then back to the wide shot and Jim is in his hands and they're both being whipped over. Of course. <laughs> but, um, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, uh, they're falling. I think Jim manages to kick Ramsley off of him or something. I forget exactly how he gets Ramsley Gracie off. Sa Gracie saves him. Yeah. Because I know, Gra yeah, I remember Gracie pulls him up, but I didn't remember how they got Ramsley. Yeah, Gracie actually, like, saves him from getting dragged away with Ramsley. Okay, yeah. But, so yeah, they get, they get Jim back up. Hell, the hell mouth closes, and that's basically the end of it for Ramsley. But, um, what is it like? Yeah, then it cuts over to Sarah being dead on the floor. And girl still dead. There's, there's like, there's, there's no, there's no cooldown. It's just, oh my god, okay, good, I didn't get pulled into hell. Wait a minute, she's still dead. Sarah's dead. Sarah died, but then the Willow, the Will-O-Wisp from before shows up, and... Gives life to Sarah. Or more specifically, the Will O' Wisp was Elizabeth, and she speaks to, uh. She speaks to Grace, you see. Uh. Their spirits are reunited and ascend into heaven, as well as the spirits of all the ghosts from the graveyard. Uh, Notably, they share before. Before the possession ends, Elizabeth and Gracie share a kiss. Like, you know, like, lovers oh, right. when they reunited. And Megan and Michael both just side-eyed him. <laughs> Who looks at him and is like, it's, it's not really your mom. It's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> if they didn't want us laughing at it, they wouldn't have made it text. Oh, my God. This is just what it is. Um, Taking my head at both of you. 
Anyway, the next scene is the maid and the footman getting to pass on because basically now that signifies the curse is broken. So everyone's getting to pass on. I know. I, it's the maid is like dragging suitcases with them, and um, the footman is basically like, "What are you doing? We're going to heaven. You can't take it with you." And she just goes, "The hell I can't." <laughs> Bitch, bit. <laughs> it's my stuff. I've been taking care of it for a hundred years. Don't tell a woman she can't pack. Yeah, they ascend into heaven. Uh. Uh, and, oh, I think Gracie also gives, uh, Jim the, uh, deed to the mansion. Oh, right. He does. Yeah, so now they also have a really nice mansion they can sell. Uh. That's now finally not haunted. Yay! (laughs) They put that on the listing, certified ghost-free. Yeah. (laughs) Ghost-free, guaranteed. They got the haunt. They got the ghost realtor. Uh, uh, and the movie ends with uh, the Evers finally go had, setting out on that uh, that lakeside vacation, along with Madame Leota and the statues that they also decided <laughs> to take with them. Yeah, the statues are tied up to like the back and top of the car. Just having it. a good time singing. I don't even remember what they're singing at this point. It's that it's ghastly grinning ghosts or whatever, like the actual song is. Or okay, is it going back to that? I was focused more on. I think, on it, the fact I think that, it is. Okay, I was focused more on the fact that Leota is giving some kind of monologue about the lovers were reunited and the curse is broken, and Michael's in there. Dad, Leota won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and. That's the end of the movie. Uh, did you guys stick around for the post credits? I did. I did. Okay, good. Because that was cool. Yeah, it's we get a a monologue from Le- Leota here in the ride. I'm pretty sure it's another instance of the bride showing up and saying this with the in, with the implication being that she'll kill you. That's but, the actual closing, I think, that she gives. Like, the actual yeah. closing. But yeah, here in here, it's Leota, since the bride was, or since that Black Widow bride was never a character. Right. Uh, so we get uh, Leota's voice just chanting, hurry back. Don't forget to bring your death certificate when you return. And then it's over. Yay. Oh. One thing that I found out that I thought was kind of interesting about the movie, and I actually didn't find this out until yesterday after we wound up not recording. Um, you know, we were, I mentioned at the beginning, though, about how this movie was actually greenlit all the way back in the 80s. Yeah. But did you know the movie that we did last episode, Hocus Pocus, was actually part of the reason why this was in development hell for so long? No, I did not. It was what happened was, you know, it was greenlit back in the 80s, but development actually started as early as 1990. Like they had a script written and everything. Oh, geez. But because Hocus Pocus in 1993 didn't do as well as they hoped. Oh, okay. That caused them to, they were actually going to redevelop it as a made for TV film. Ah. But then, before that came out, they had done another made-for-TV film based on the Tower of Terror, and that failed. 
And they pulled the work on the Haunted Mansion completely until the early 2000s when Michael Eisner was more interested again in turning Disney Park attractions into feature films. And then it finally got the green light to be done as a film. I keep forgetting about the Tower of Terror one. But yeah, so basically it's our last episode. Hocus Pocus was what part of what <laughs> contributed to this dragging on as long as it did. Nice. Thanks, Sanderson's. <laughs> Thanks, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, it's not like Hocus Pocus was also uh, in like a decade of development hell. <laughs> I, I know. Well, I mean, it still had the whole Halloween movie being released in June working against it, so. I don't even know. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. I found that last night. We have uh, two questions from Casey. Oh, Mickey's mailbag. Oh, well, I, I was from Casey. I missed what you said. Uh, let me see. Her first question: What theme park attraction slash ride would you make into a movie? Can be Disney, Universal, Not Very Farms, if that's your thing. Um, I've been trying to think about this one because I'm having a hard. As long as it's been, I'm having a hard time even thinking of rides that don't already have a movie tie-in. Right. So I'm going to say it'd be interesting if they tried somehow to make a movie of It's a Small World. I just want to see how that would turn out. I would want to see if they made a horror movie out of It's a Small World because the problem oh, no. is my favorite ride, well, because one of my favorite rides, though, it technically, it's not a Disney movie, but it already exists. I still love the alien extraterrestrial experience. Oh, yeah. But if you made it into a movie, it's basically the Alien trilogy. Essentially. It's like the aliens meet Leo and Stitch. So I guess, I don't know. I would see, I would want to go see an It's a Small World movie if it was a horror movie. What it's are you laughing xenomorph. at? I'm just picturing like Stitch as the xenomorph just popping up. God, right. <laughs> just bursting out. <laughs> How? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My neighbors are going to hate me. Oh, oh. Uh. Casey, you broke us. Oh, Kat, you're going to hate Casey's next question. What did she do? Unless, unless Dan, you have a movie uh, first. Unless, Dan, you've got a ride first. I know a good chunk of rides, but I genuinely can't think of one that isn't already a movie. I know, it's been it's been to... too long since the parks have been around. Right. Yeah. Like, the only other one I could think of was Jungle Cruise, but I think that's set to come out next year, I think? I think. I know, I know like, there's one in development. I forget when it's supposed to come out. It's either next year or the year after. I want to say it's this summer. I'm like, I can think of movies that would make badass rides. I just, I'm yeah. with you guys, it's hard to think of it the other way around because, well, also a lot of them are already based on movies. Yeah. Ooh, a Tiki Room movie could be interesting, though. Huh. I, I would mean, rather not. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> It doesn't seem like a good thing to make into a movie in that's, the year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Honestly, they should redo the the attraction, too, because, like, the last time I was there, some of the some of the drummers are, like, missing their arms because they've been what? there so long. So, this one's a bit of a roundabout idea, but, uh, ooh, some, some sort of, like, anthology film... Based on, like, Pleasure Island. Oh, okay. Oh, 
Oh, okay. That would be good. Yeah, just... That's just what's coming to mind. Uh, I I could totally see that. I guess I'll read off uh, Casey's (laughs) second question. Why am I going to hit Casey? Pitch me and Eddie Murphy gets cucked by a different supernatural creature slash monster film. Casey! (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? Okay, Okay, so so the obvious choices are werewolf or vampire, where she gets turned early on, and the whole thing is him either having to find a way to cure her or give her up to the main werewolf or vampire. So we've got that. I mean, Bigfoot is real, and he sucks my dick. So probably, I could see a Bigfoot uh, or a oh, god. I'm going Baba Yaga. Oh my god, you could easily just do King Kong. Oh god, I guess you could. Because I mean, like it, it's already a whole thing in the movie. Him climbing up, um, what is it, the Chrysler Building, holding a woman. Thought it was the Empire State Building. It's one of the two. I keep forgetting which. It's one was something in big. Kong and one's in Godzilla. And there's that whole "Twas Beauty Killed the Beast" that I know is in the Jack Black version. Yeah. I don't know if that line was in the original. I'm pretty sure it no was idea. in the original. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Kat, I knew you were going to hate that one. I am disappointed, yeah, Casey. I am disappointed. Like, vampire is just a natural shoo-in. Right? Just, that's basically what vampires are. Uh, I'm still saying put him with Baba Yaga, the shriveled up old lady that eats kids. I Get mean, cooked by and Eddie Murphy's wife? Huh? Huh? What? Nothing. What'd you say? You said the shriveled up old lady that eats kids. I said, and Eddie Murphy's wife. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Baba what Yaga. For this one? What? Uh, yeah, that's all the questions, I think. Uh, if you want to send in a question, you can either respond to an ask post on our Twitter, which is at Disney minus pod or uh, message uh, message us at your leisure anytime on our discord server linked in the show notes of every episode uh, wait is it? I have to check but I think it is Okay. Uh, or join our discord uh, the Disney minus discord uh, it's linked in our twitter um, okay there we go yeah it's that one yeah uh and you can answer you can ask those questions in the Mickey's mailbag channel. Alright. I feel like Mickey's mailbag needs its own little theme song. Hmm. Huh. Maybe. Uh I tried to think of something and got the Looney Tunes music stuck in my head, so that probably won't work. No. <laughs> yeah, so uh that being said, uh, should we 
take it to a close? Yeah, uh, we have officially made a, a full rotation, so it is my turn to pick the movie? Yeah, back to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, before I say my pick, guys, I just, since we officially made one rotation, I just want to take a minute and really appreciate, you know, what it is we're all doing here with all the movies that we're going to end up watching. Some of them we have uh, that are classics that have revolutionized the film industry, like Snow White and Toy Story. Uh, some of them are less well-known, but have still contributed new techniques to the industry, like Monsters, Inc. having to uh, have new programs written for Sully's hair, Treasure Planet getting new techniques written, or new programs written to lay in CG and 2D stuff. I swear I'm going somewhere with all of this. Some movies like Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> some, some movies like Emperor's New Groove and Atlantis aren't as well known, aren't as big to Disney, but have got super loyal fans, myself included, on both of those. Hell yes. Yeah, right? Some of them are still regularly played at certain times of the year, like Nightmare Before Christmas, or have decades later gotten their own sequels like Tron did. Others, like Sleeping Beauty and Alice in Wonderland, have had uh, have had modern remakes that were actually updates that gave us the story from a different perspective. Um, just like this week in Pirates of the Caribbean, we have park attractions that have been turned into rides, or movies like The Three Caballeros that have gotten themselves put into rides. Anyway, for next week, I'm for the next episode. I'm choosing Million Dollar Duck. Million Dollar Duck. I have never heard of this. I have exactly. never heard of that one either, and I'm skeptical because I know you, Stephen. I forget what I watched. It's not one that I will preface this by saying I haven't seen it yet. I forget what I was watching that it popped up as one of the recommendeds for me on Disney Plus. Uh, basically, it looks like a scientist has a duck that starts laying golden eggs. It does oh, this is like a little duck. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a literal oh. duck that, for whatever reason, ah. is laying golden eggs. Oh, we're going for uh, for one of the uh, pre-Renaissance uh, films that have been lost to time. I see. Yeah, this is. Yes, I have never effect. heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Huh. I, I've okay. seen some of. I've seen of some. Dis I've seen a few Disney movies of that genre. Uh, oh. There we go. 1971, this is from. Oh. So in other words, none of us were born yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. On on the list, it is number 94 is how far down we're going. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to do, just for my own sake. Uh, I've Since we're, we've reached five episodes, I decided to uh, just do some rankings of what we've watched so far. So, our, of the five movies we've ranked, I've ranked, from bottom to top, number five, My Favorite Martian. Mm -hmm. I did not like the horny zoot suit. Uh, <laughs> That's number legit. Four, number four, The Haunted Mansion. It was okay. Eddie Murphy got cucked by a ghost. Oh my god. Um, number three, Hocus Pocus. This is a fun movie. Had some problems, but honest, yeah. but overall, just a very fun movie. Enjoyed it a lot. Number two, The Great Mouse Detective. An underrated classic. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, most of my... Any real complaints would be minute. Uh, and number one, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Uh, it was... 
astounding. I loved it. Uh, really cool. Had still had a little bit of problems, but you know, it's it's good. I think I agree with those rankings. I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll update this again when we reach ten movies. Like, yeah, like that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do this every five movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Uh, doing our, you guys can do your tags. I'll do my little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find Pod of Greed, uh, or a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast that I do with uh, friend with my dear friend Sarah, Max, uh, Argyle, Elliot, and uh, Audrey. Uh, we finished Duel Monsters. We are starting GX. Uh, I don't think will the first GX episode will, will be up by the time this goes up, but. We'll be, we might have started recording. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Ah, uh, get your game on. Uh, you can listen to the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast. I did with I do with uh, Morg and Devin. We uh, we recently recorded a Halloween special where we watched Sonic or. Where, yeah, we watched, or we read Sonic.exe with, uh, with, uh, good friends and, and guests, uh, Sarah at Sunhat Genia and Jordan at Bradipus Rex. Uh, and you can listen to Stranger's Fiction and, and, uh, actual play podcast focused on one shots. Uh, I do not. I do not... Oh, yeah, there is one thing that uh, has gone up since the last time we recorded, which was uh, we played through... We've played some sessions of The Final Bid, a a special diceless, GMless uh, RPG where you act out a movie. Uh, that's, that's it. Uh... Oh, wait, yeah, of course, there's also my art blog and my Kodesh fee, where for as little as $3, you can order a, co a commission from me. And last but not least, at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. And, and the day after this recording, it will be Dick Dorkin's Honeyversary. Happy Dick Dorkin's Honeyversary, <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> Oh, have you never heard of the Dick Dorkin? Okay, I you may maybe you haven't heard it by that name. I made up that name, but several y years ago, close to a decade at this point, uh, Richard Dawkins made this wordy, prosy tweet where he complained about how, where he complained about having a small jar of honey confiscated by him. By TSA at an airport, <laughs> and and his conclusion to having this 
this uh, confiscation was that Bin Laden has won every day in the airports of the world. I mean, I've said that to people sarcastically, but... (laughs) Honey, you'll live, man. Okay. (laughs) All right, Stephen, where can we find you? Mm. Mm. I, I don't have any other podcasts, but I have... A joke Twitter where I post dad a one dad joke every day at dad underscore tastic. Otherwise, uh, you can catch me at just my main Twitter where I, I don't know, just do regular Twitter stuff at marshmallow. It's spelled like marshmallow, but it has my name in it. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and Kat? I'm I'm Cat. I uh, don't really have another Twitter. You can find me lurking around various discords under Zura. And I'd like to leave you with this little thought here. Friendship is like peeing on yourself. Everyone can see it, but only you get the warm feeling that it brings. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Great, <laughs> <laughs> Steven. Hurry back. Or else. Okay, bye. 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 When bringing ghosts come out to socialize Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide For a silly spook, they sit by your side Shrouded in a dark disguise They great them to terrorize When bringing ghosts come out to socialize